17 weeks, Jalen Ramsey. I'm at Uninterrupted. I got the headphones on. I got the mic in front of me. I feel official. I feel like I feel like I'm running the podcast. Welcome to 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of the season. They give us the real NFL player talk, unfiltered, unrestricted, and of course, uninterrupted. As always, we got our guy Lev up in New York. His Jets are on a win streak, so Lev is feeling good. I definitely was happy about hitting the end zone. The fact that we are starting to find our way a little bit, we still got a lot more room to grow, and that's what I'm really excited about. Out in Buffalo, Cole Beasley. The Bills got their seventh win, and Josh Allen had one of his best days as a pro. Cole tells us about the win and chops it up with his Pro Bowl teammate, Andre Roberts. Dre also took that thing out from nine deep, man. He almost cribbed it. I thought he was about to go to the house for 109. Hey, man, anything I could do to help. In Los Angeles, we got Jalen Ramsey. Jalen tells us about getting his first dub at home in L.A. and his take on last week's fight between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Man, in my mind, it may be because I'm a Scorpio, but if somebody start a fight with me, it ain't no rule in the rule book of fighting that says I can't finish the fight however I feel like I need to finish. It's a jam-packed show today. Let's get into it. This is 17 Weeks. Quick timeout. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday, and you can listen to them on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. 17 Weeks is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, please subscribe, give us a rating, and share the show on social media. You know what it is. All right, let's get to the show. Jalen Ramsey made his L.A. debut and took down another dub for his Rams. Believe it or not, last week was Jalen's first time playing on Sunday Night Football. But you know what? I'll let him tell you about playing in prime time. Man, my first Sunday night football game of my NFL career. And that's crazy because I've been in the NFL for four years now. Definitely not in the market that I'm in now. But we had a good team, especially one year in Jacksonville and still no primetime games. So uh, I was already on a high just thinking about that and having that in the back of my mind knowing that it was going to be my first Sunday night football game. And then kind of how I touched on a, um, a, a little while ago, how I was committed to USC and I would have been playing in the Cali back in college if I would have stayed committed. It felt like a, you know, full circle moment, like that it was just destined to be that I'd be playing in the Cali. So going out there, feeling that atmosphere, feeling the energy of the, the fans uh, and my teammates and everybody, it felt good, man. That, that was... That was, man, that was one of the dopest um, first game experiences I could I could imagine for. Next week might be the biggest game of the year for Jalen and the Rams. I think it's the biggest game, period. They're hosting Lamar Jackson and the Ravens on Monday Night Football. So how does Jalen make sure he doesn't end up on Lamar's highlight reel? We're going to have to try to limit him somehow, some way, man. It seems, it seems damn near impossible right now, huh? I mean, everybody... Everybody goes in with the game plan that we're going to try to eliminate him or at least limit him. I don't think it's really eliminate. It's more so limit nowadays. Like, I think everybody goes in with the mindset of we're going to try to uh, limit him and what he does. Everybody, what, what that Mike Tyson said? Everybody got a plan until you get punched in your mouth. Everybody, I'm sure, has a plan what they want to do with Lamar until he get until he walk on that field and, and start uh, playing like he in Madden. 
So man, I we we gonna have something together. <laughs> we gonna have something together. Hopefully, we can't give it out. But it's gonna be a Monday night primetime game, so I know he gonna have his A game, and we for sure better bring our A game. Monday night football in LA, we gonna have to turn it up one way or another. We gonna have to figure it out. Cole and the Bills also got a win this week, taking down the Dolphins. They put up a season-high 37 points. Josh Allen was great. He threw for three TDs and ran for a fourth. Cole sat down with his all-pro kick returner teammate, Andre Roberts, to talk about the win. And Josh and John Brown's elaborate TD handshake. Yeah, we had a big win this week against the Dolphins. Um, had a much better showing on offense than we did the first time. Um, so I, I actually think we're, we're starting to move in the right direction. Uh, it's starting to look more of more like what we um, maybe the expectations that we had for it in the beginning. We're we're just now kind of getting there, I think. But with that, we also got to be consistent. It's only one game, so we have a we have another test this week coming up. So we'll see how that goes. How'd the uh, how'd the game come come out for you, Dre? Um, I came out healthy. That that was the real key. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good game for us on offense for sure. Josh is Josh is uh, getting more comfortable, I think, with the offense that we ran uh, during that game. And uh, this is the time, man. You got to get good uh, into November into December uh, and try to get right going into the playoffs. So um, if you want to make that push, you got to keep this going. We had some miscues on special teams this past week, but. Uh, unfortunately, we got the win. It didn't hurt us too bad, and uh, defense is playing great. So, uh, if we can keep this going, you know, we got like he said, we got another test this week with Denver. But we just got to keep moving in the right direction uh, all the way to the end of the season and see where it takes us. And Dre also took that thing out from nine deep, man. I thought he, was, he almost cribbed it. I thought he was about to go to the house for a hundred, for 109. Man. Hey, man, anything I could do to help. I always mess around with uh, smoke about, you know, not having a 100-yard game. I'm like, man, if I get it to the 40 or the 50 every time, you can't get that many yards. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I should start messing with Josh and be like, I mean, I understand you want a 300-yard game, man, but, I mean, if I give you great field position, you're, you just don't have that many yards to go no to get pressure. a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, I keep, I keep messing with those guys about that. Yeah, Smoke smoke is John Brown, by the way. If y'all, I think I've told told the people that, but... Um, just in case you guys need a reminder, Smoke has a has a handshake with everybody though. He's coordinating, man. Yeah, he he uh, can't remember the rules <laughs> to mafia, but he can remember a thousand handshakes with <laughs> with a thousand different people. So, uh, but uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of John's thing, and and him and him and Josh have their deal. They act like they're kind of smoking a smoking a cigarette and throwing it down and and uh, squishing it with their foot or whatever. Taking a drink, yeah, taking a taking shot. They're <laughs> yeah. they're partying out there. We like to party on on Sundays, so that's kind of that's kind of our thing. Let's head to the Big Apple. Le'Veon Bell and the Jets kept the offense rolling in Washington D.C. to get their second straight win. The dub is a statement game for Lev and some of his teammates who were reportedly on the trading block before the hot streak. Now that the winners of two in a row and Sam Darnold is looking good, how you feeling, Lev? Yeah, I think we played probably our cleanest game of the year it, it obviously it wasn't perfect but it was definitely good enough for us to get a solid win um, and that's what I'm most proud of we came back and watched the film there was a little, still a lot of small and minor uh, details that you know we need to fix and clean up because you know I feel like if we play against a better team 
you know, in, in certain situations, those teams can take advantage. You know, um, I definitely was happy about hitting it, hitting the end zone. That was, you know, always a surreal feeling. You know, getting the end zone, I always love it. You know, Sam had a great game. Sam, you know, does what Sam does. I think Coach Coach Yates did a great job of getting Sam in positions to make you know plays and you know use his mobility and get him out of the pocket, let him roll out, throw the ball on the run a little bit because that's what Sam can do. Sam got you know a, a amazing you know accuracy um, when throwing on the run. Obviously, he can throw from the pocket too. He can sit back there, hit step, and, and and fire it. But when he's you know out of the pocket, running around, extending the play, and then he finding guys open and hitting them in their chest or whatever it is, that's what Sam does, you know. And that's what makes him a special player. Then you know our defense played well. Obviously, Jamal does what Jamal do. I still always kind of challenge Jamal that up. Cause I remember it was a it was a play he had. Uh, he got a sack. You know what I'm saying? He got a sack. And, I'm, and I remember. Uh, he came over to me, or he came over to me excited, and I was I just told him like, bro, you gotta get that ball out. You know what I'm saying? It was the first, so the first time uh, he had got the, or not, it was the first or second sack. I think he had three sacks that game, but it was the first or second sack. I seen him do it. He didn't really swipe for the ball. He just kind of like sacked the quarterback. And I was like, bro, you gotta get that ball out. You know what I'm saying? And then um, he had another sack going into halftime. That the, that time uh, Haskins was scrambling, and Jamal came behind him and he tried to swipe for the ball. And then I was like, you know what I'm saying? After, the, after uh, he did that play, I came to him. I was like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. He's, he's like, yeah, I try to get that ball out. You know what I'm saying? But it's crazy how, like, I just told him one time and he can just adjust it, like, mid-game. Like, okay, like, next to my opportunity I get, I'm going to try to swipe for the ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's what, like, everybody understand. It's like, to be able to take the information, you know, from the sideline or, you know, whoever you look up to, your coach or, you know, another player like myself, like, you can take that and, and take that information you bring it onto the field. That's what makes you like next like level. And that's why I always tell him, I always challenge him. I'm like, bro, let's go next level. Like you're a great safety, but let's be like, let's be like the best one ever. Like, what can we do to be the best safety ever? He got all the tools, the all the intangibles. You know, I played with another great safety named Troy Palmalo. And uh and, and Jamal reminds me so much of him. You know what I'm saying? Um and I and I and I got and I kinda played with Troy on the end of his career. So I, I grew up watching Troy Palomalu play. I just seen all the great things he was doing. Like, you know, I'm like, dang, like Troy doing crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? And Jamal's like, he's like that modern day. You know what I'm saying? Like Troy Palmalu, he's like, he plays at the line of scrimmage. You know, he blitzes a lot. You know, he disguise. You know, obviously he ain't got the long hair, <laughs> but you know, he ain't rocking 43, but he rocking 33. That's what's crazy. He's like, and and they kind of play like they, they play similar. They play real fast, and they're both strong people. Extremely explosive, you know what I'm saying? And that's what, like, when I watch him play, he kind of reminds me of him. So he's still a young player, and he's only going to get better. So the fact that I've already seen, like, a great player in practice all the time, each and every day, you know, with the Steelers, I always try to, like, any little time I get any little detail, I try to bring it to him because I know he can do it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when you hear from an office, a guy in their perspective, you know, you look at it a little different, you know, because, I mean, I don't want my quarterback getting sacked, sack, strip, fumble. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to tell him, hey, bro, go go sack, strip, fumble that. You know what I'm saying? Go get that ball. So um, he's been doing a great job at that, you know, and, and, and great get, getting the information from the sideline, taking it to the field and executing. Despite getting the dub, Lev had some, excuse my language, bullshit to deal with this week. After his fifth drug test this season, Lev took to Twitter to call out the NFL, telling them, stop playing. Lev, give us the backstory on this, man. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that's 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 unbelievable. So I've been tested for HGH five times so far in 10 weeks. 
I don't know why. It's not like you see me on Instagram doing crazy lifting and, you know, lifting a whole bunch of heavy weights and doing all types of stuff. It ain't like I'm running for 3,000 yards right now. So it's like, I don't know what the whole point of it is. And I and I feel like it's not it's not really fair um, in a sense. Just because the fact that, you know, if you if you really add it up, if, if I got tested five times in 10 weeks, that's like once every two weeks. In the first 10 weeks, you've tested me, you know, five times and, and you have gotten nothing. Like, literally, it's been nothing. So it's like, I have no idea what they're doing. Like, you're, you're just trying to, at this point, I feel like they're like just trying to pick on me. And I and I don't I don't think it's fair. I don't like it, you know. So and I don't really complain about things a lot because just just for a simple fact that like I try to I just try to deal with things like that happens with life. Like I just try to deal with it. Um, so the first I, I remember the first time it was like right after camp when I got tested, I was just thinking like, yes, like my AGH test over. Like all right, I got my one for the year. I'm good. Like I ain't got to worry about dealing with no needles some more. Cause that's the problem with it. The problem is I don't really like needles. That's what the problem is. All right, so I'm like, man, I, I ain't got to deal with the needles no more. Then, you know, two weeks later or three weeks later, whatever it was, they tell me again, I got another HGH test. I'm like, they got another one? Like, now I was confused a little bit. Just And this is just the second one. I was, like, confused. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, all right, now I know for a fact I ain't got no more. Like, they doing it again. I know for a fact I ain't got no more. You know what I'm saying? I obviously did it. You know what I'm saying? It was stressful. Like, And then a couple weeks later, they come back. And they asked me to test me again on my third one. And I'm thinking, like, all right, there's no way. Y'all playing. Like, now I'm thinking, like, y'all playing around. I thought the drug test dude was really playing with me. I thought he was, like, trying to joke with me because I done told him last time that I'm not doing it anymore. Eventually, obviously, I just end up getting over it, whatever, just because of the fact that like, I know I got to do it. It's like after the third the third and fourth time, I'm, like, snapping on the drug test people just because, even though it's not even their fault, but it's, like, my frustration to get carried out because I'm like, bro, I told y'all, like, I'm about to do it, keep doing it. Like, y'all taking my blood. Like, I don't even know what y'all doing with it. Like, there's no point. Like, I'm not f- about to fill this test. It's like, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea what it's about. So today when it happened, it was like, so I was talking about that initial reaction thing, right? I had time to really think about what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it, and I reacted, you know what I'm saying, by posting it on Twitter and just let, letting people know, like, like what's going on exactly, like, and what I'm, not, what I'm having to deal with, because it's like I don't really get why I'm getting tested so frequently, and it's saying random. So the the thing about it is, if they if they were just testing me, they're just straight up telling me like, hey, Le'Veon Bell, you got a test, blase blase. I would have to just eat that because it's like, okay, y'all y'all he's telling me, but they're they're making it seem like it's random. That's why I don't like it. There's no way randomly every single time y'all came here I've been chose on a random pick. It's like that's impossible. I don't care what nobody say. There's been there's 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 a lot of people who haven't even been tested. Everyone in the league is still talking about the fight between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph at the end of the Steelers Browns game. We've heard the media perspective on it, but let's get the players' point of view on this one. Jalen, what did you think about that crazy situation in Cleveland? So I'm going to address it all, just how I saw it, straight up. This is my opinion. I saw it. Everybody was wrong. Let me put that out there. I think everybody was wrong. I think the frustration um, of of how the game was going and just kind of being aggravated, Mason, Rudolph, he was trying to pull Miles' helmet off. So I think that's what started it, right? Uh, Miles was making a football play. He, you know, had a QB QB pressure, QB knockdown. That's a football play. So after that, um, Mason was trying to pull his helmet off. 
and that was, you know, that was clear as day on the TV. Everybody could see that he was trying to pull his helmet off. And then um, he probably, he did probably kick him in the, you know, in the private areas. But that could have been incidental. I don't know. Maybe I'll give him the benefit of that. Maybe not. But, you know, maybe just that could have been like a Draymond moment. He just, you know, flailing his legs or something. Like, I, I don't know. He could have just been kicking his legs, not really meaning to do that. I don't know. Y'all can decide if y'all want to give him the benefit of the doubt or not. But the fact is, he did start it. He started the fight by trying to pull Miles' helmet off. And kind of my mindset on things is right or wrong, which I think everybody can agree that Miles was wrong. Even he 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 accepted that um, and owned up to that and apologized. But, man, in my mind, it may be because I'm a Scorpio, but if somebody start a fight with me, it ain't no rule in the rule book of fighting that says I can't finish the fight however I feel like I need to finish it. So that's what Miles did. Miles got up. He said, boom, you going to try to take my helmet off? You wasn't successful. I'm going to for sure get yours off, though. Boom, I get your helmet off. And you going to rush me? While, while one of your teammates is pushing me back already, man, pop, I'm going to hit you with the helmet too. Boom. And that's what happened. That's what happened, right? What he's supposed to, now, you, now you got his helmet off. I mean, yeah, what? What people wanted him to do? Throw the helmet and then jaw him? Like hit him with his fist? One way or another, Mason was going to get hit again. He rushed him, right? You, you, you a quarterback, you rushing the D lineman. He going to hit you again. It just so happened he had Joe Helmet in his hand, so he gonna, I'm gonna hit you with the helmet. But my thing is, when you fighting, there's no rules of how you finish the fight. If somebody start a fight with you, say say you in the street or say wherever, say say somebody break into your house, right? Somebody break into your house, and whatever they do to break into your house, maybe they just wanted to break into your house to, you know, jaw you while you asleep or 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 steal something from you. But you wake up and you catch them. Let's say you know you going you gonna defend yourself, right? You gonna however you gotta defend yourself, however you feel necessary to escalate that and to end that. You gonna do, and I'm we can get into all type of scenarios, but that's just how I look at it. Like, look, he started the fight. Miles just finished it. Did he finish it? You know, with some excessive force. Yeah, he for sure did. But to me, that is. You know, point blank, what happened? Like that's the facts of it. But like I said, I, I do think all of them was wrong in it, just because you want to ch- kind of channel that in the football um, and keep it in the plays. So taking it outside of the play, everybody in that situation was wrong. You would just hope that somebody could be the bigger man and just like ah, just drop it. But man, the heat in the heat of it and with the emotions that high, playing a game like football, that's gonna happen. And then what I did like to see. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say like to see, but I did. Uh, I saw Pouncey come and defend his, you know, quarterback. That's what you would want to see in an O-lineman. Of course, um, he came and defended his O-lineman. I ain't like the punches and the, the kicks because he had full pads on. He had helmets on. That don't, that's not going to affect him. But it was, the, it was the thought, you know, and the intent to protect my quarterback that I, you know, respected. And then it was, a, it was some guys out there who I also respected for coming to try to break it up and, you know, do their part in um, squashing it as as quickly as they could. Now, moving on to the six suspensions, I think the suspensions were excessive. Me personally, I think the suspensions were definitely to Miles. Let me be particular. I think the suspension indefinitely uh, 
for the rest of the season, postseason, and you know, indefinitely means basically until they say when you're right. I think that was that was too much. I, I really do. I feel bad for him because now the game for the rest of the year is taken away from him over one mistake. And me personally, I believe in second chances uh, for people. Mason, he got fined maybe, didn't get suspended. I don't know if that's right or not, but I don't think he got suspended. And I didn't think that was fair um, because, like I said, he started the fight. So he had a part in it as well. He it sh- And it shouldn't go unnoticed that he had a, you know, a vital part in the fight. He's the one who actually started it. So I thought, you know, if Miles was getting that harsh of a punishment, then Mason should have at least gotten the game, right, for starting it on top of being fined. Um, they gave Pouncey what? Yeah, they gave Pouncey three games for coming to defend his quarterback, which any O-lineman should do and probably would do. They give Pouncey three games suspension for a fight that his quarterback started and his quarterback didn't get any didn't get suspended. If I'm Mason, I mean, I well, I'm, I would, I feel like he owed Pouncey an apology and some bread. Pouncey don't get three game checks now. You you owe me an apology and some bread if you know I'm Pouncey saying that to Mason Rudolph. So I thought his I thought his suspension was also. So I thought Miles was, was harsh. I thought Pouncey's was harsh. And then the Browns player who, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm not even going to botch it like that. Who got suspended one game for coming and pushing uh, Mason at the end, kind of. I thought, um, I mean, it was one push to the ground. It wasn't, it wasn't anything else. I I can understand that if they was going to punish everybody, then okay, I can understand y'all giving him a game. Yeah, I was just thrown off that Mason did not get suspended at all. It was just, it seemed odd. Hey, yo, Cole, what did you think about that fight? I saw I saw the end of it when, when he slung the helmet at him or whatever, tried to hit him in the head. I don't know, man. In the heat of the moment, I've been pretty pissed off at times, so I do I do shit that I'm embarrassed of. I mean, not to that extent, but guys make mistakes, man, and when, you, when you're in the heat of the battle out there and, and people are jawing and and they do something you don't like, man, it gets it gets kind of testy like that at times. So, I mean, it's understandable, really. I mean, but, I mean, there's there's no excuse. But, it, man, he could have been in the heat of the moment and didn't even know he had that helmet in his hand. He was probably just trying to throw a punch and forgot it was there. I've been a part of a basketball brawl, but I've never been part of a football fight. I actually was in AAU one time. It was actually towards the end of the game. This dude was at half court, and I was at half court. We were shooting free throws. You know, kind of the two dudes that just kind of hang hang back because you can't you can't go down in the key or whatever. But he was like, I don't know how we're losing to y'all. Y'all are sorry, I said, because y'all are worse. That's what I told him. And then they get the rebound, go to the other end, shoot a layup or, or shoot something or whatever. I get the rebound, and I'm dribbling back down. There's like eight seconds left in the game at this point, and this dude just tries to come and tackle the shit out of me. So naturally, I threw the ball at him. And then right when I did that, there was like three dudes that just like ran at me and tried to um, try to jump me basically. So I ducked. Everything happened so fast. I ducked. I got out of there and I was just swinging everywhere, dude. I didn't care who I was hitting because they were everywhere, and my whole team wasn't there at the at the at that point in time. So shit, I was just swinging from my life trying to get out of there. And then everybody got involved. <laughs> All the parents are in the in the stands like screaming and shit. It was crazy, man. And long story short, we got kicked out of the tournament and went home. Liv, 
you actually know some of the guys involved. What was your reaction to the situation? Well, I'll say I watched it. Obviously, a good game, and it was a good end of game. <laughs> I think, you know, it was crazy. The craziest story behind it is I, I, I actually... I had somewhere to go. I, I was supposed to go downstairs and let my dog outside and run around a little bit before I had to go. I was going to actually go to the studio. But for some reason, someone was just telling me to stay and watch the game. I don't know what it was. Someone was telling me, like, yeah, I'm even though the game was over. It's like the game was over. I was like, it's the Browns and the Steelers, man. You never know. I'm just standing there watching the game. Well, I can't believe what happened. I think, obviously, it went way too far. I always, I always express to people, like, football, it gives you so many emotions throughout the whole Fourth quarter, four quarters of a game. You know what I'm saying? You're going to spend times where you're happy or you're sad, you're excited, you're anxious, you're frustrated. It's going to be all types of emotions. The times where, like, if somebody's too excited, right? Like, like sometimes when my lineman is too excited, they'll hit my hand real hard and it hurts my hand. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, dang, I, like, they too excited. You know what I'm saying? It's not their fault. They're not, it's not nothing wrong, but it's just like, dang, that hurt my hand. You know what I'm saying? So now I got to deal with this hand being hurt the rest of the game. So even, so when somebody's frustrated or angry, or mad, they still got to find ways to control their emotions. Because what Miles Garrett did, he kind of lost. Because I know Miles, he's like one of the best people I've ever ran into. You know what I'm saying? He's such a good person. He, you know, he is a gentle, soft-spoken guy. You know what I'm saying? He cares about a lot of things. And when I seen him react like that, it's really crazy. Because it's like, that was literally like a, just a little split moment of like six seconds where he like lost it. And then everybody kind of looks at him a certain way. You know, that's what I mean by the game of football. It's like you got to learn how to control those emotions. And he kind of lost, you know, a little bit of control. So now he kind of got painted as a picture or something different of what he actually not, you know. It's just crazy how, like, the game of football is, you know. And I, when I was watching that, I, I really – that's when it really smacked me in the face. Like, dang, I know Miles Garrett. He's, like, one of the nicest people I've ever known. You know what I'm saying? But – when you see something like that happen, it's like, dang, what could have happened? You know what I'm saying? It's like a spur of six seconds, and then it just snapped. And he probably was thinking, if you see the, if you look, go back and look at the play, you see DeCastro kind of tackle him. Now he tackles him on the ground, and Miles Garrett's not even trying to fight him back. Like he's like just laying there and like letting DeCastro and Pouncey and everybody just do what they're doing to him. Because he probably, he probably realized at the time, like, damn, I can't believe I just did that. You know what I'm saying? But it's like already over, and it's like, that reaction, that initial reaction is the the hardest thing to control, but you got to find a way to control it. I know Pouncey, I played played with Pouncey for a long time, and I've seen a whole bunch of times where Pouncey is defending his players, his teammates, you know what I'm saying, running backs myself. He, that's what he does, you know. Um, he's like really a protective guy, he, and, and he definitely not going to let nobody, you know, do, you know, what Miles did to the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to let that slide, you know. And, and Pouncey, you know, he, you know, he, we, we used to call him goons. That's what we used to call him, like, we used to call old linemen goons, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what they are. They was like, you mess with one of them, you got to mess with all of them. You got a little display of that, you know, on Thursday night football. Um, those guys, you know, they they going to go to bat for each other. They're not going to let anybody <clears throat> step over them or their teammates. They're going to you know, protect anybody on that team as far as they can go, you know. Obviously, I think the maybe him kicking them is why he possibly got suspended or whatever. Now, I understand the league got to do it just because of the fact that you know, it's Thursday night football, it's on, you know, national TV. But at the same time, I don't think Pouncey was wrong for what he did because it's like, <laughs> you can't let that happen to your quarterback. Like, you just can't let it happen, like, period. So I definitely don't blame it. I don't blame his reaction at all. That's like, that's going back to that initial reaction. It's like that initial reaction, you know, the Castro was there and Pouncey was there. They both kind of had two different reactions. Like, the Castro kind of grabbed uh, Miles Garrett. He didn't really throw any, he didn't really swing at him. But Pouncey just kind of lost it, like. 
And then after a while, you can see Pouncey like stop trying to kick him or and, and punch him and stuff. He's like just standing there, like, dang, I shouldn't have did that. Let's head back out to Buffalo where Cole and Dre are talking about their side hustles, how competitive the Bills locker room is, and what it's like at Josh Allen's house on game night. All right, everybody, I got a very exciting guest for you guys today, something special. One of my boys who's who's really close with me now. You know, we've just gotten together this year. Um, best kick returner in the league, if you didn't already know, uh, Andre Roberts. Welcome, bro. What's up, bees? How you doing, man? Oh, just doing the weekly podcast, man. I do this every week, so I'm just excited to have somebody in here with me this week. It's been lonely the past couple of weeks. Um, well, it's good to be here, man. It's good to be I, with that's you. That's what, what you love to hear. All right. How are you feeling um, after this week? And kind of let them know what it's like playing with me um, and being in the locker room with me. I'm pretty laid back. Uh, you sit right in front of me in the uh, in the meeting room so I can see if you're sleeping or not. If your head falls back, but uh, pretty laid back and uh, pretty straight to the point. In the locker room, you know, you're pretty chill. Um, you don't talk too much, but when you talk, you know, everybody knows who it is. It's water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I told him a quick little, I gave him a quick little deal about the water deal, but uh, to remind you guys, all I was doing when I first got here was was I was in the training room because I had surgery, so they got this little basketball hoop in there. So everybody just hears me. They know I'm there because I'd be yelling out, water, every time I'm shooting. So that's kind of... <laughs> Sounds just like that. So now everybody <laughs> everybody calls me water. That's kind of where that came from. Um, I was doing more shooting than I was uh, ball playing. But now he's on the field doing his thing. Yeah, so get busy out there. I finally get to be out there with my teammates. You know? <laughs> I came from, a, from another team as well. So um, how do the Bills compare... Um, with the Jets? Oh, great question. <laughs> so much better than being in New Jersey. It's a little colder up here, but uh, yeah, it's a lot better. The organization is better uh, from top to bottom. Um, yeah, it's my sixth team, so um, I can definitely compare good from bad, and this is one of the better organizations, so it is good to be here. What makes it better, though? Great question. <laughs> well, um, I think, like I was saying, from top to bottom, uh, the head coach talks to the GM. That's one thing that really didn't go on much, or we didn't really see much uh, with the Jets. And in order for you to be a good team, they have to, you know, talk with each other, each other, understand each other, and understand what each other each other wants out of a team. And um, you know, that's that's the top part. But um, with within the team and the players, uh, you can you can tell. People care about each other. Players care about each other and want to play for each other. And uh, when you get guys going with each other like that, uh, everybody goes harder uh, in game. Yeah, that's something, that's something I talk about in previous uh, podcasts of what was unique about this place was, I don't know if there's not much to do around here or what, but there's always something, because of that, there's always something going on within the team. So you're always around your teammates. It's more of like a college um, kind of high school feel and and love that you can have for your teammates here and it, it definitely makes it easier to play on Sundays. Yeah, that, that's one of those things. Once you leave college, um, you know, that college lifestyle, you, you're you with each other every day. You have class together. Most guys don't really have families, but when you get in the league, everybody has families and everybody kind of goes their separate way. Uh, but like you said, there's not much to do out here. So uh, sometimes we stay a little bit longer uh, after practice and uh, get together, play a little ping pong, you know. 
Shoot the shit a little bit. Yeah, everybody getting on the ping pong. It's hard to get on the table in the in the locker room. There's one ping pong table and everybody's uh, getting on it. So, Dre, Dre, who's the ping pong champ in the locker room? Because I don't know. Because I don't play much. I would say the best ping pong player would probably be uh, Matt Barkley. Oh, Matt Barkley. He's he's pretty good. I feel like he's been playing since he was a kid. You know, some some guys just started playing when they got in the league, but the stuff that he does with a ping pong battle are pretty crazy. So I've yeah. seen I've seen Matt a few times in there and it, it him and Hauschka. Yeah, I don't, go after I don't know if I've good. ever seen him lose. So I know I've seen him and Josh play and Josh gets pretty frustrated playing against Matt. And he uh he's a competitor so he never wants to get off the table when he's playing Matt. So that's yeah. that's kinda how I how I how I came to know that that Matt was pretty good. Yeah, I beat Josh before but Matt he he did he he made me look bad. I <laughs> I had to get off the table for you know he made me look too bad. Ugh. It's a winner stays on system, but you know when you're when you're good and you just keep winning, you know you let other guys get in and you know get some games and try to try to you know make them feel good about themselves, and then you come back and you just beat them again, and you just you know. Day by day, you just try to get better. Yeah, yes, he, he has to give other guys to get a chance on the table, so maybe they can they can compete, man. If he's just you know if he's on the table the whole time, it's not gonna be a challenge for him. But uh, actually, you know, speaking about that, yesterday, um, all of us got together at Josh's house. Um, we actually played a game called Mafia, which is my first time ever playing. So I, I was a little bit quiet in the game because I I never really played before. But I, I think Andre was one of the uh, <laughs> was one of the better ones actually. Um, I don't know if it, it was your first time or. Uh, I played it once before. I had to be reminded of the rules, but. Okay. Kind of, kind of yeah. got it at the on the second. Yeah, Dre, second Dre seemed like he was a pro at the game a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, it was my first time. You know, I was a little nervous. Didn't know what I was doing, but. Um, yeah, we we all got together yesterday and and kicked it. But uh, that was actually my first time going to that deal. Um, this season, I think I think Josh does it every every Monday. Has some guys over to watch the game and and uh, has some wings and pizza. You know me when, when my kids go to bed at seven thirty. It's tough <laughs> tough to get dad out the house. So, um, but I, I got out of there uh, last week and had a good time. So it's just a little something we do every week. So in Mafia, the first time, the first time that the Mafia actually succeeded. Dre was a part of the mafia, so that's why I was saying Dre seemed like he was a pro. Because um, I think we played probably four games, and the the townspeople we won the first. The townspeople, yeah, won townspeople the first came time. out victorious every game until the last one, and only the last one Dre was in the mafia. So, um, knocking people off. And I don't know. I mean, should I explain the rules? I understand why. John Brown did not understand it at first. <laughs> and Dre, Dre, you were first team All Pro in 2018. That was fun. Went to the Pro Bowl. Let's go. <laughs> um, what was what was the Pro Bowl experience like for you? Uh, it was cool, man. It was fun. Fortunately, it was sunny every day when we were down there. But unfortunately, it rained all game. It was windy. It was raining. It was cold. Uh, but we were in the Pro Bowl, so we had we had our fun. But uh, the the week was just you know the guys hanging out. Uh, we had a, an event pretty much every night um, at the hotel, and guys just chilling. We went to Universal Studios, uh, went on some rides, and 
we had a good time. That was a fun time. It was, it was a good opportunity to go and have some fun down there in Orlando. Um, a real close friend of mine, Eric Ebron, made it to the Pro Bowl too. So we kind of chilled for the most part. Uh, me and his family and, and my family were kind of just doing our thing down there. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to get there one day, man, so I can see what that's, that's about. All I'm I can trying, do is I'm hear stories right back, now, man. man. Yeah. Trying to get right. back. That's, that's your only one? Yeah, that's first one. Yeah, that's cool. 30, man. Um, years old. Yeah, no question. <laughs> also, you got the the Salute to Service Award in 2017. Um, is there anything that you have going this year? Anything around the holidays? Uh, nothing around the holidays. Um, that Salute to Service Award was was pretty cool. I was honored to get that award. Um, one of the reasons I think I got it was because um, I have military parents. Um, I was born in a military household. Both my parents are retired Army now. Uh, but I put on free camps for uh, military kids on bases uh, around the, I guess I could say around the world now. I've done it in, in Germany, so uh, around the world. Um, but it, it's pretty cool to work with the kids and uh, be a part of that military, that military community. And uh, Dre's also an entrepreneur. He also owns Zaxby's. Yes, you know, I you do. Know, yeah. Let the people know how your Zaxby's is doing right now. Zaxby's is popping right now, <laughs> man. I love, I love the the Zaxby's brand. I uh, love the Zaxby's chicken. And uh, why not, you know, get into the business? So I uh, got the first one up in Northern Virginia right now. Uh, go check it out. It's the only one in Northern Virginia, in Loudoun County, Chantilly. Go check it out. Uh, Zaxby's coming near yeah, you, you, man. Time coming for the PR north, right man. now. Let's go, coming man. Coming up north. All right. Um, you have any, do you have any passions outside of football? Uh, yeah, biggest passion I have is, all right, two, really, um, traveling and golf. I think I'll put golf number one. Yeah. Can't travel as much anymore. I got a little baby. So, you know, not moving around too much with him. But um golf, man, that's 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 my passion, man. I I I play football so I can play golf, man. It's <laughs> it's uh, that's what I love to do in the off season when I get the time. The next place I'm gonna go is Australia. My wife is from there, so I'll be going there in the off season. Um, but yeah, I was about I was about to say you met her when you were traveling, right? Yeah, I met yeah. her met her traveling to Australia. But um, the next place I want to go that I haven't been is Italy. Um, I've been to Europe. I've been to Spain and France um, and Germany, but not Italy. So at some point in time, I think when my son gets a little bit older, we'll make a trip over there. Uh, yeah, Andre. Dre's a new dad as well, so so how you like? Uh, how's the change of of going from from nothing to having it's, a having a little one? It's, man? You know, it's a little different. You know, you got to sacrifice a little bit more of your time. Uh, you can't just do what you want when you want, how you want, whenever you want. <laughs> uh, but it's cool, man. Uh, being a dad is cool. I love my son, and uh, he's growing up as fast as people say. Man, I try not to miss any moment. All right, I know. I know the people want to know if you've heard any of my music, but um, actually, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I uh, so I, he's heard the old stuff, but Dre, I actually give everything new that I'm working on to, so he can kind of. Um, he's one of my guys. I get opinions from, like uh, how he likes this song or what he wish I would have done differently. I kind of, I kind of send him stuff to get his opinion a lot. So 
Um, he's heard a lot of my, my, my music, especially he's heard all of my, my new stuff pretty much. Some good ish. <laughs> Some good stuff coming up. I, yeah, I like I like to think my, my new stuff is way better than my old stuff, so um we'll see. Um I don't know. Dre, you got anything else from the people? Anything you wanna talk about, anything you wanna add, anything that you might think that the people wanna know? Uh, not this time <laughs> but uh no, we'll, we'll leave him, we'll leave him waiting for that i guess well we'll get back to, get back to you on the next update man well i, I appreciate you spending time with me bro appreciate i know it's you me, you know it's hard to get you guys to, to come here on your off day especially when you got kids at home so i appreciate you coming to kick it with me man yeah man hope you have a wonderful night you too, <laughs> you too man sleep tight You know what I love hearing these stories about guys spending time together at each other's houses. I remember when I first got in the league, Dante Culpepper would have game night at his crib. And by game night, he had it all. He had a court in there, so if you wanted to hoop, you could hoop. He had cards, so if you wanted to gamble, you can gamble, which guys did, plenty of it. I seen a dude lose like 40 bands, all right? And it wasn't on games, all right? So if anybody else is listening, this is all friendly gambling. Um, And then they also had the pool table. And of course, everybody feels like they can play pool. But what's crazy is we would also watch games. We would also play board games. And guys would get super duper competitive. We're talking everything from Monopoly to Mousetrap. Yeah, grown men with millions of dollars playing kid games. Because that's what we are. We're just big kids. And then Dante would also have Halloween parties. And what's funny is like what you're around as a rookie is kind of what you do as you get older. And when I got to Seattle, I did the same thing. I would have game night at the crib. I'd have couples night. Uh, we'd have, you know, guys versus girls, cards against humanity. And if anybody know anything about that, that game gets real crazy. Uh, we would have Halloween parties and, and giveaway prizes for the best dress. Just like everybody else. Like, ball players are normal, everyday dudes. Yeah, do they have, like, superpowers? They can jump really high and run really, really fast? Yeah, of course, but... Ball players do everything that y'all do, and they're even goofier. And I'll tell you what, the fact that Cole is saying that they hang out off the field at each other's homes, that's a huge part of why they're successful. There's a direct correlation between guys that kick it with each other off the field and how close they are on it. And if you look at some of these losing teams, I guarantee you, if I did a study, majority of the bad teams in the NFL don't kick it off the field. It's time to wrap this episode with another edition of Quick Outs. This is the part of the show where our guys share their off-the-field passions, hobbies, and whatever else makes them more than athletes. With the arrival of Disney+, Plus, our guys are talking about their go-to streaming service in their favorite shows. Hey, Cole, Disney+, Plus, you rocking with it? You know, our streaming service, we, we stay on Netflix most of the time, and then we have Amazon, but uh, I think my wife just got the Disney Plus, so uh, I saw it on my TV last night, so I think she uh, caved in and got that, but we've always loved Disney. We love all the Disney movies that come out. If there's a new one, we always go see it, so pretty much no matter what it is, so we don't we don't mind investing in Disney Plus whatsoever. I think every every kid grew up on Disney, all the uh, the movies and, and uh, shows that they had growing up, so I think it's a win-win getting Disney Plus. I don't know, dude. I hate when people ask me my favorite movie, man. It's so hard for me to pick favorite movies. I love the the original Lion King. I wasn't a big fan of the new one. I, I would actually rather them 
kind of changed the lines up a bit in the uh, in the newer Lion King because it's like if you say the same ones, they got to be on point. Like I don't know, it's like the way they said it wasn't as funny as how they said it in the first one. You know what I mean? So I didn't really like that. I liked New Aladdin. New Aladdin was cool. Um, I was I was kind of nervous. I didn't know how you know Will Smith was gonna do the genie, but I'm, I'm I was glad to see him do his own thing on it and, and put his own twist to it. So it was, I liked it a lot. It was cool. But yeah, those are all I can think of right now because the most recent ones I've seen. Lev, what else you got? I haven't. Hey, okay, where's that Disney Plus at? Is that, a, is that on Netflix? It's like, a, it's like its own app? Or how do you get it? You got to just, you got to have like a, a Roku TV or something? Whoa, nah, hey, but hey, all right. See, now you got me hip. I know for sure I'm gonna do it now. Cause yeah, I, I I heard I heard about it. Like I said, I've been just running around going crazy. You know, what I'm saying in the studio, but like, yes, I'm definitely gonna get that Disney Plus app. Yes, absolutely. Disney got way too much fire. I want to see Lady in the Tramp. I heard it was a problem with Lady in the Tramp or something. Was there something going on with it or something? Jalen, how about you? What you watching? I ain't got on it yet. I ain't got on Disney Plus yet. Um. Of course, I've been seeing the, the the memes and everything about Disney Plus. It's been funny, but I ain't got on Disney Plus yet. Verizon hit me up saying that I can get through my unlimited plan. I can get Disney Plus for like a year for free. So I might I might see what Disney Plus talking about. See what they got to offer. I'm a Netflix guy right now. Netflix, Hulu. I'm really rocking with them right now. Got some good shows out there that I've been watching. Uh, yo, actually though. I guess uh, the U.S., we have different type of restrictions and rules, I guess, on, on Netflix. Because I remember, so I was I was watching Blacklist on uh, Netflix. Probably the best TV show ever, ever, ever made uh, with James Spader on there. Uh, playing a guy named Raymond Reddington. I'm trying to meet him, so that's why I plugged his name real quick. You feel me? I know he'd probably be out here in L.A. somewhere. They got to shoot it in L.A. somewhere, so I'm trying to meet him. I'm trying to get a little cameo on Blacklist or something. Let me be a criminal on there or something. Anyway, man, in London, I guess they don't have as tight as restrictions as we have over here in the U.S. Yo, they had Power on Netflix over there. They had um, they had all the Friday movies, I want to say. They had bad boys. Man, they had everything over there. They had, It was like unlimited. And then I, we came back over here and I was trying to pull something back up. And it wouldn't pull up. And then I looked it up. I had Googled it. And it was like, yeah, in London, it's not. They don't. Their restrictions aren't as tight. So they had power. If, if you want to watch power all that, just take a little trip to take a little trip to London for the weekend. Binge watch power all weekend and then fly back. And uh, yeah, if you got it like that, you could do that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. This show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the new episodes drop every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, which I know you do, come on, fam. Share the show. Spread the love. I'm your host, Nate Burleson. Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. This show was produced by Gabe Goodwin, Ben Redman, Mike Midas, Matt Ford, Josh Rodriguez, and Paul Ademiller. Sound design and music by Steve Porter. Our executive producer, TD St. Matthew Daniel, for Uninterrupted. Special shout out this episode to pro bowler Andre Roberts, Matt Parray, and Chris Witherspoon. Till next time, it's 17 weeks. We out.